Welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion to encourage you and provide you with tips and tools to make your job easier. Thanks for joining us today. Today's session is 12 ways to communicate love to your kids. But before we get started, let me remind you that you can find our podcast on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, our blog, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you choose to access your podcasts. So Valentine's Day is coming up and the world kind of has a skewed definition of love. We need to teach our kids the real definition of love. And a good place to go is 1 Corinthians 13. Let me just read that passage to you. This is a good guideline to communicate love to our kids. And after we go through that, I'm going to give you 12 practical ways to communicate love to your kids. Love is patient. Patient is waiting with a happy heart. Patience is so hard. When you've got little kids all day, you've got things that you have to do, you're trying to manage the kids, you might be homeschooling them. It's very hard to be patient, but that's what love is. We need to remember that we need to communicate God's love to our children. Love is kind. It's so, sometimes a good evaluation is, would I have just said that to a friend, the way that I said what I said, would I have said that to a friend? If not, I shouldn't say it that way to my kids. Watch your tone of voice. Watch your irritation level, what you're communicating to them. Is not jealous. Sometimes I remember one time one of my kids said, I wish Auntie Sue was my mom. <laughs> and, you know, you are there 24-7 with your kids. You're correcting their behavior. An aunt or a grandparent may come in, and they're nice all the time. So, yeah, sure, you know, your kids are going to think, I want them for my mom. But don't let that get to you because the kids are little. When they're older, when they're parents, they'll realize what it's really like to be a parent. So don't, don't let jealousy come in. Love does not brag, is not arrogant does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. We're all prone to seek our own comfort, our own desires, but we need to put our kids above ourselves because what we're doing, we're doing for the Lord. We're not doing it for our kids as much as we're doing it for God. Not take into account a wrong suffered. Our kids will wrong us. Just expect it. They are going to. They're kids. Your kids are not going to appreciate the sacrifice you're making for them until they're adults and maybe have their own kids. They're just not. They don't have the capacity to do that. So don't expect them to do. Don't get offended if they don't appreciate what you're doing for them. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. And boy, today more than ever, we need to be pouring truth into our kids because our world is just crazy out there. People are saying, Wrong is right and right is wrong. We need to guard our kids by teaching them truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And you need to endure a lot being a parent. It's not an easy job. It's not for wimps. You know, expect to be hurt. Expect to be wronged. Expect to be pouring yourself out into the lives of these kids day by day by day without a lot of gratefulness coming back. Like I say, when they're older, they'll be grateful for it, but they, they don't get it when they're young, so don't expect it. Love never fails. You know, you 
are a picture of God to your kids and the love that you show them. And sure, you're going to fail. You're going to blow it a lot. But ask forgiveness when you do that. And, you know, your kids can sense your heart. If you have their best interests at your at the center of, of what, how you're treating them, they're going to know that. And when you blow it, they're going to forgive you. Kids will forgive. So what does that look like on a daily basis? It sounds real good, I know. But here are two, 12 practical ways. There's lots more, but I just thought I would give you 12 ways that you can communicate love to your kids, whether they're toddlers or whether they're teens. Number one, don't raise your voice in anger. And I know that's hard to do. It's easy to say. But you know, I grew up with parents that would yell at me, and I still cringe when I hear parents yelling at their kids. So I determined I was not going to yell at my children, and I don't think I did, except maybe to be heard above the hubbub. Um, but, you know, if you're struggling, you're going to struggle. You're going to feel angry. Expect that. You know, you've got your own emotions to deal with, too. But what I would do if I felt that anger boiling up, I would just say, guys, I'm going to go to my room and get my attitude right with God. You play quietly. I would give them, I would assign them something to do, like sit here and read your books or play this puzzle or whatever, depending on the age of the child. When I get my attitude right, I will be back and we'll deal with this. Um, and what you're doing, you're picturing for them how to handle their emotions because there are sometimes you need to go to God. You can't handle your emotion yourself. You feel angry or you feel disappointed or you feel discouraged. God is who we go to. So when you do that, you go spend time in the Word. You open your Bible. You get your attitude right. You remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing and why you need to invest in those kids rather than have your own needs met. Then come back and deal with your kids with the right attitude. And that's so valuable for your kids to see mom just about lost it, but she went and got her attitude right with God. And then they know that's what I should do because they're going to have those struggles too their whole life. Number two, take time to stop what you're doing and listen when possible. And I know you can't do that every time. I think so many times I'd be like making supper and... One of the kids would come in and want me to go see the castle they built in the sandbox or the ants on the front porch. And you can't always drop what you're doing. But what you can do is let your kids, you can say something like, you know what, I would rather be in the sandbox with you right now. But I need to get this dinner in the oven. When I get it in the oven, then I want to come see what you did in the sandbox. I'd rather be with you. And then finish what you're doing and then go see whatever it is that they need. If you're talking about teens, um, you know, you need to be available when they feel a need to talk to you because they're not always open to talking. A lot of times they hold things in, but when they're, you need to kind of jump on the opportunity when they feel like talking to you. So as much as possible, you know, you can kind of do the same thing in a different way, but let them know, hey, I, I'll be with you in 10 minutes or late at night, which is when most of my teens wanted to talk after the little guys were in bed, we'd stay up in the living room and talk about whatever was concerning them. So, you know, try to do that. Don't be worried about your own sleep. The Lord will take care of you when you're taking care of the needs of your family. Um, number three, take time to read something they want to read or play a game that they want to play, even if it's something you hate doing. <laughs> The thing that pops into my mind is one of my sons, who was a very slow reader, um, he loved for me to read to him. 
and it was teaching him in a roundabout way to, to read, but he loved reading field guides. And those are the most boring things in the world, let me tell you, to read field guides. But I would read them hours to him. Um, or like my husband, he's not much, doesn't like board games. But if you've got a child that likes board games, forget about not liking them and pitch in there and play the board game with them. You know, you might learn that you can learn to like them. You're doing it for them. You're not doing it for your own enjoyment, your own pleasure. You're doing it to spend time with them. And if your kids know that you really don't like doing what you're doing with them, that means all the more to them that you're willing to do it even though it's not your favorite activity. It speaks volumes to them. Only have a good attitude while you're doing it. Don't do it and be fussing and whining and you know, letting them know by the look on your face that you hate every minute of this. You know, that, that would backfire on you. Number four. Make time to spend a little time with them, even if it's just praying with them at bedtime. And this is especially for younger kids. Um, I would pray with each one of my kids every night when they were little. And I'd try to talk over things that had happened during the day, use that time to reinforce positive things they'd done during the day, pray with them and thank God for their diligence when they were wiping the crumbs off the table or whatever. And that's really valuable time. Or talk with them about something tough that happened to them that day and how they handled it well. Or maybe they didn't handle it well and talk about, hey, next time, let's remember this verse. Or maybe you could try doing this. It's just a really valuable time. I think probably <laughs> because kids don't like to go to bed at night when they're little and they're thinking of every excuse to not have to be tucked in and go to bed. But it's just a real receptive time for them to listen to you where you can talk over things of the day. And you, I mean, if you've got, I had 14 kids, you can't spend an hour with each one while you're putting them in bed at night. Although, you know, I didn't do that with my older, it's just my younger. But, you know, be reasonable. Take five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever the needs are for that day. Just let them know that you care about them and you care about what happened to them today or pray with them that they don't have nightmares tonight. You know, whatever they're struggling with, you pray about those things that are important to them. It's just a really valuable training time. Another thing I would do when my kids were little is try to spend um, time with them during nap time every day. I would put them all down and I'd call them out one at a time and spend just five or 10 minutes, maybe just five minutes with each one of them, reading them a Bible story or going over a Bible verse or just reading a chapter in a fun book that we were working on together, just so they knew that they were going to have five undivided minutes of mom's attention per day. Now, if you've only got one or two kids, that's not hard to do. If you've got a whole parcel of them, it's, it's more difficult. But just knowing that they've got some uninterrupted one-on-one -on -one time with mom is very important. And as they get older, let them know that you're available. Sometimes I would see that one of my older, like, teen daughters was struggling with something. So I'd invite her to go out for ice cream or go out to lunch together and talk over stuff that was going on in their life. And it was a special bonding time. Um, I kind of miss it now that my girls are older and they're, they've got jobs. And, you know, embrace it when you're there. Yes, it's something else to add into your day, and it's, it's sometimes hard to squeeze it in. But embrace that time because your kids are going to grow up and you're not going to have the time that you do now when they're younger. Number five, 
every once in a while help them with the chores. You know, every year I would go through, I wrote down a list of everything we needed to do in our home. And every year in the summer I'd say, okay, who is most apt or most, um, who's the best person to do this chore for this whole year? Is it me? Is it so-and-so? Is it Rick? Is it Nate? Who is best able to do this chore for a whole school year? And then I would train them in the summertime. So that was their job all year long. They kept that same job. But sometimes just do it with them. You know, just say, hey, I want to help you do the dishes today or I want to do your vacuuming. I'll do this room, you do that room. It means so much to them if you'll just pitch in there and help them sometimes. Um, you know, dry the dishes while they're washing them or taking them out of the dishwasher or whatever and use that time to talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. It just means a lot to them when you do that, when you can. Number six, look for something that you can praise them for. Remember to praise their character, praise their thoughtfulness, their initiative, their kindness, their thoroughness in doing their chore, their creativity in thinking up some new idea. You know, our kids are so full of character qualities if we will focus on that. It's so easy to focus on the negative because we think we're responsible to get them to do the right thing. So we focus on that negative and then we're always, they feel like, we're, I can never please mom. Yeah, I'm going to quit trying because I know I can never please her. And you don't want that to happen. So focus on what they're doing right. And they are doing some things right. If they're being kind to a younger brother or sister, if they came up with a fun idea, a fun drawing, I mean, there's so much if you look for it. If you make that your focus and you're looking for the positive, and just the fact that you took the time to look for the positive and point it out to them and praise them, that is going to mean so much to them. It's going to let them know that you have their hearts at your best interest. Their heart, their, the things that mean something to them, it's going to gain you their heart because they know that you are putting yourself out to look at what they're doing and find something positive to praise. Number seven, when they do a job well, let them know that you noticed. Or when they did something kind for somebody. It's so easy for us to see, okay, they did not get all the crumbs off that counter. I still see stuff on the floor. They need to come back and vacuum. And they do. You know, you need to make sure they do the job thoroughly. But when they do it right, sometimes it's easy for us to pass over, cross it off our list. It's done. You know, move on to something else instead of taking the time to praise them. I really appreciate that you do such a good job feeding the chickens every day. You go out there when it's hot, you go out there when it's cold, you break ice off their water pan, and you feed the chickens so diligently every day. Thank you for doing that. You know, find something that you can thank them for, and it just means so much to them that you noticed instead of just expecting it. Number eight, every once in a while, bring them home a special treat when you go shopping, their favorite kind of ice cream or a jar of pickles. I had one daughter that that was the most special treat in the world was a jar of pickles. Their favorite flavor of jelly or a tropical fish for their tank. Something, you know, just to let them know that you were thinking about them. You know, I saw this and I thought that you would really love this, so I picked it up for you. That's just something so simple that you can do. You know, it might cost less than a dollar. But it just says, I love you. I was thinking about you. And it means a lot to them. 
Number nine, tell them that you enjoy spending time with them. Yes, tell them that you enjoy spending time with them. I would try to rotate when I did my errands. Raising a large family, it seemed like I was always doing errands. I would try to take one child with me and talk with them and um, just do something special with them when I was out because it's something that I had to do. So I tried to make it a special time for one of my kids. But let them know you like spending time with them. I love going out to lunch with you or I love um, taking a walk with you. You know, there were, through my years of raising kids, there were different ones of my daughters that would take a walk with me every morning because that's my habit is to take a walk every morning. And it was special. You know, even looking back on it now that they're grown up, have families of their own, I treasure that time when I would take walks with them and talk with them and you know, it's just special, but let them know during that time that you enjoy it and you like being with them. Number 10, ask them what they'd like to do, such as plans for planning a fun evening to invite their friends to their house, or to go for a ride in the mountains and take pictures of the pretty leaves, or to take a hike in the woods, or whatever they love to do, go out shooting their gun, whatever, you know, Find out what they want to do and plan something special. Maybe even let them have a fun night inviting their friends over and planning the snacks and help them prepare. That just means so much to them. Our house, we always tried to have it be open to our friends' friends, and we still do that. We only have two kids that live at home anymore, but we try to have our home be open whenever they want to invite their friends over, make it be a place where their friends are welcome. Number 11, try to find ways to make mundane tasks enjoyable. Reward them for a job well done every now and then. I remember once when um, I would walk on this path in the woods and of course the winds would blow and sticks would fall and it would block the way and it was hard to just take a walk on this path in the woods sometimes. So one day I suggested that the kids don their coonskin caps and pretend that they were Daniel Boone clearing the path, the wilderness path. And they loved doing that. And then later we did it with some of our grandchildren, some of the boys. We cleared the wilderness path and we pretended we were Daniel Boone and talked about Daniel Boone. It just made something fun. You know, I could have said, all right, guys, there's a bunch of sticks on this path. Come on, we're going to clear it. Get out there and do it. But instead, turn it into something fun. And it's something that they would remember. It's something they might do with their kids one day. Tell stories or sing or listen to audiobooks while you're doing a boring task. We got in the habit of listening to audio, audiobooks while we folded laundry. Now you can imagine with 14 kids at 16 people in our home, there were mounds of laundry always, and it took a long time. But we would get together and fold it together and listen to an audiobook, and it made it fun. Or watch a DVD um, you know, of something important not something just silly, but something that they wanted to watch that was important, that was adding to their education. So it made it a fun time. It almost made it enjoyable to fold laundry, if you can imagine that. Number 12, don't criticize them. Remember, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes, every single one of us. Let them know it's okay to make mistakes. Help them clean up a mess if it applies when they made a mistake. You know, Making mistakes is part of being successful. We have to fail to later be a success in something. So it's okay. You know, if they spill lemonade all over the floor, don't blow your top and yell at them. Help them clean it up. 
you know, just let them know. I remember um, having some other kids over that didn't, that were not members of our family, and they would make a mistake and spill something, and they'd look at me like, are you going to yell? Are you going to get mad? Don't do that. You know, let them know it's okay to fail. They didn't do it on purpose. So let them know it's okay. It's part of learning. Um, you want a home where your kids feel free to learn and explore and to mess up and to try again. Verbalize that you love them and that God has a special plan for their life. Let them know you like being with them. You like who they are. Make it okay for them to be them. You know, some kids are distractible and they forget what you tell them to do. Some kids lose the keys or, you know, it's just traits that they're going to do over and over again. Let them know it's okay. It's okay to be them. Help them to learn the things they need to learn. But don't make them feel like they're in trouble if they make the same mistake over and over. Just help them. Help your home to be an environment where your kids feel loved and accepted and help them become the people that God wants them to be. Now, in closing, I just want to give you a fun idea. I'll give you a link to how to do this on my blog. But this is every year we would try to do a project on Valentine's Day to communicate the real meaning of love. These are Rice Krispie treats, and we cut out construction paper and glued them down with frosting or icing. And all the instructions are on my blog. But in the middle, we would put love. And then the things that true love is, is kind, is not provoked, is patient, is not jealous, is not arrogant, never fails, bears all things. So the kids made those Rice Krispie hearts. We cut it out with a cookie cutter. And then we gave them to somebody special. You know, we found an elderly person or a neighbor, and we passed out those treats to help people know the true meaning of love. There's other ideas you'll find on our blog, too, things we did other years. But I just thought that might be something you would want to try with your kids this year. So thank you for joining us today. And remember, whenever you take the time to teach your kids character, you are not wasting time. Thanks for joining us today. See you later.